Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name's Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. So if you find yourself lost and, and, and not quite sure what's going on, don't worry. That's, uh, that's kind of par for the course, and it's, uh, it's quite the same for us as well. Uh, certainly now that, uh, Kay, we find ourselves amid the genuinely towering stacks of your library. The first floor. Yeah, you took me up to the first floor, and um, as as usual, when when you introduce me to something new in your wondrous, wondrous library, where I've been your guest for 90, 90 weeks, I jump in with my usual upbeat hubris. Careless uh, wreck of abandon. Yes, yes, exactly. It has not served me well this time. Oh, dear, what's happened? Well, you may notice that we're in kind of a, in kind of a sort of cramped environment. So I was wondering what had happened to the spaciousness of the library. Yeah, yeah, so did I. I mean, you, you, you told me to, like, get the books in order, and, like, I'm, I can handle the Dewey mm-hmm. Imperial system pretty well, but the, the, the runes are quite different here on the first level, and I think they sort of tricked me because they've they formed a sort of octagon of book bookcases around me in which I'm trapped. Yeah, I, were you trying to, like, pile them up and, like, decide, like, for yourself that certain books really belong next to each other just because the runes on the cover said so? Well, yes, that's that's yeah. the Dewey, you know, the, no, the, know. The, the, what's the whole system for, isn't it? Right, yes, but sometimes you have to like be a little bit careful about it and uh, not actually put them right next to each other. You have to leave some gaps on the shelves. One, it looked more attractive, oh. and secondly, it's uh, easier to browse, and also some of the books really don't like each other. And if you just like, so it's like a them, wedding. Yes, pretty much so. When you're planning, yeah, when you're planning whom to invite and where to seat them at the table, and sometimes you have to leave. Yes, that's basically when you gaps. when you're trying okay. to put put a book on the shelf and you kind of feel like that. I told you about that last week. The, yeah, uh, the weird sort of anti-magnetism. Exactly, yeah. the magnet, magnet effect. You put it on the next shelf, you know, start a new shelf. There will always be room there. All uh, right. And if you don't do that, then you get this, where they kind of gang up on you and... Okay, well, so at least, hey, on the, in the plus column, I've created unity. Right. Among oh, you, the bu- you, oh yeah, yes, right? you, you've unified them against a common cause. Yeah. It's unfortunately that the common cause is you, but... Well, I mean, hey, small someone's steps. got to... I, small I'm steps. still going to take credit for the... I consider it a form of success. Oh, absolutely. Very, very well done. It has organized them very nicely. I mean, not really I wouldn't in know. any meaningful I mean, way. But, yeah, we can uh, only see the sides of the bookcase. I mean, it's, case, geometri- so. it's geometrically organized, but uh, that's about it. I mean, it's an octagon, so mm. what's that? Isn't, like, American fantasy pretend wrestling done in octagons? You're thinking of mixed martial arts. Ooh, That's oh. done in octagons, yeah. Damn. So maybe they like took some cues from the uh, fighting pit that you had on the ground floor, and they decided to recreate that. The fact that we are now both in it seems to suggest that maybe they want a showdown. Yeah, no, this actually has some, some creepy implications. Have the books on level one been watching all of my various shenanigans on the ground floor? They're probably aware of what's been going on at a very base level. This is such bad news, though. So this means that none of my usual tricks are going to work on them, and I'm going to have to come up with new stuff. Oh, God, new stuff. Sorry, what kind of tricks have you been applying on the books? My historical attempts to, to sort of befriend and wrangle the books by, oh. yeah, and, 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 and stacking them and building, well. you know, little little fortresses and then entire villages with libraries out of the mm. out of the books. So they're just not going to let me do that here, well, probably. Well, the thing is to get them on your side rather than uh, try to, like, force them into uniting against you. Oh, no, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, try to, like, just basically make friends with them and, like... I mean, Divide I, and conquer. Well, yes, but so also... So you mean identify some of these books as enemies and make sure that I... Well... Like a sort of demagogue... Mm. Uh, yeah, rile up the rest of the populace against them. I mean, 75% well, of, of books is fine, right? Maybe 
Try it with pamphlets first, not with books. Yeah, that's how they start the the demagogues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll I'll distribute some some pamphlets. I'll just slip them. Yeah, I'll do it with oh, what do you call those 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 bookmarks? Those sort of but heavily politicized uh, uh, with a with a sharp libertarian edge, excluding some of these. No, okay, I get no, you. I get well, you. That's chick chick tracks. Why don't you start with chick Good. tracks? Good. <laughs> oh, dear. And for the li- readers at home who don't know what what that is, oh bless you! What a what a blessed life you lead. Yeah, don't don't look it up. So, what do we have in store for our readers this week? Ah, yes, this week's book is by Barbara Hambly, The Dark Hand of Magic. Yes, and for the readers at home, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing the cover of today's book. Otherwise, you can check out the show notes for an image or a link. You can find us on the web at Cover My Cast. Dot com and on Twitter at CoverMyAssCast, where you'll find episode 90, The Dark Hand of Magic by Barbara Hambly. She has a lovely name. Barbara Hambly? What's wrong with Barbara Hambly? Hambly no, I, I like it. Barbara, it's, it's even got a B in it. It's, it's, sort of huh. a, it's sort of a kindly teacher name. Of, of right, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Hambly sounds Barbara a bit like Hambly. Hamlet or something like that. Yeah. And it's, 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 you'd expect her to live in Dorset somewhere. And Yes, yes. And for her, for her surname to historically have been a euphemism for something unmentionable. A Hambly. Mm. Oh, yeah. She's got a little Hambly. That oh, one. She's on the Hambly again. <laughs> and the cover is, I mean, it's, it's, it's got lovely, soft, mellow colours. Well, you get that. It's like it's doing the firelight lit scene. Yeah. And they're probably in a gazebo, I would reckon. Yes, yes. There's the, the sort of arch composition that we're, that we're looking through. And there's, uh, I mean, it's a bit windswept. You can see the candles are being blown right. out well, sideways. I mean, can, yes, and you can see from the, from the fires in the background that there's definitely a bit of wind going on. Yes, the green flames spewing from a mountaintop castle... Mm-hmm. Uh, are indeed being whipped in the same direction, while two figures sit in a in a circle of. No, candles. I'm just noticing candles and really tiny skulls, upsettingly small skulls. Oh, yes, that is a bit weird, isn't it? And like a brazier or like a fire pit off to the side. Yeah, and a colourful blanket, I suppose. I that was it just noticed that. Like, a, 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 what is it called? A jalapi? No, a tilapi? No. A tilapi is a fish. Oh, what's the the, 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 the meso in Southern American like dress with serape? That's the one. Oh, okay. I had never heard that word before. Serape. It's the well. It's a it's a sort of blanket like carpet that with a, with a hole in the in the head, sort uh, of like a poncho. Sort of like a poncho, yeah. But oh. then then woven. Uh, I happen to know that from uh, the Three Caballeros, the Disney ah, production with yes. the three happy chappies with snappy serapes. Oh, okay. You'll find us beneath our sombreros. It's like I was confused the Three Caballeros with uh, that other movie that Steve uh, the Three Amigos. The three Amigos. I always get those two mixed up with Steve Martin and Martin Short and oh, who's the the third one. Oh, good, great. Oh, Chevy Chase, obviously. Ah, yes. Also with great songs. We are the three amigos. So, yes, I was confused those two movies. Uh, I think that's entirely appropriate, and I'd like to imagine that they're basically the same continuity, just at some point, like... Ah, uh, yes, right. Well, then, which one... Would, hold on. Which one would be Donald? Because you've got oh, Donald Mar- and... Steve Martin, obviously. Steve Martin, mm, well, yes, yes. And then Panchito would be Chevy. He's the, he's the loud one. Yes. And that leaves sweet little little dapper Martin Short as uh, José Carioca. I mean, yes. I can sort of imagine him with a, with a little hat and, a, and an umbrella. Oh, yeah, that little parrot, a little green parrot. He was always yeah. five. It's always like they depicted as a little bit of a hobo uh, or a, a poor guy in the any any cartoons that later uh, came in long after. Yeah, I think that's so. He was a bit of a hustler and a. Uh, yeah, that's so weird because he's he was literally named after his his Brazilian voice actor José. Well. They, they knew him as Z, just yeah. that was that was his, uh, his his fame name, 
And yeah, he's like a he's like a dapper gent, a little bit of a playboy as well. I was kind of see him, you know, one, well, of, those, yeah, one of those Brazilian uh, Copacabana hustler type. Because I can see that, but <laughs> yes, uh, he's right. an itinerant gentleman. Oh, is that the word for it? <laughs> so yes, we see the. Um, I think there's a ceremony. I mean, there's a bowl and a book, and they're definitely performing a ceremony as we'll uh, as we'll learn during the book. Yes, the uh, the the one eyed, leather vested, uh, muscly armed, bemulleted gentleman is holding a book up right. against his knee. Don't you think he looks a bit like Sean Connery? He does. It uh, looks like a mix of Sean Connery and, and MacGyver. Oh, really? Except mm. oilier. Well, he's got a mullet, but other than that. It's the... Yeah, I mean, what do you mean, other than that? What does... What is Mac- MacGyver has a mullet, wow. and other than that, he has nothing, which is why he always has pocket, to... He's got a pocket knife. No, because he's right. just got the mullet, and the mullet doesn't do th- anything. Ah, yes. And then there's the young lady in the background with the... What are those shoulder pads called? It's, I think it's a fencer's thing. That's, that's a good point. I, I wanted to say epaule, but would you defend your sword arm like that? Because doesn't it, like... Affect your mobility, certainly if you want to, like, raise your arm. That's the shoulder that's facing your opponent, so that's the one you need to have armoured. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one, the one facing the pointy bit is the one that should be, that should be armoured, yeah. And she's got, a, she's got a, a, a green waistcoat, which I really like, and a, and a white shirt underneath. Um, With rolled-up sleeves, because back in the day, they didn't tailor sleeves to length. Is that it? Basically, sleeves were too long, and you had, like, little binders around the arm. What was the advantage of having too long sleeves? Because it was one size fits all. Plus, blousing was was considered cool before fucking Beau Brummel decided that Um, men's clothing should be boring forever. Yes, it's a shame. And calf-high leather boots and probably leather pants, I suppose. I mean, it is adventurous after all, so you kind of have to go that way. Yeah, but then they're like they're clearly like doe skin. I mean, these are lovely, lovely soft boots. Buttery yeah. soft leather. Uh, I think his deep V leather waistcoat belted. I note, which yes. is an odd move for a waistcoat. Right. Yeah. But, but well, the belt is for holding up his dagger that's hanging uh, off the. Which is always uh, that's always struck me as a really weird way to carry a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, just, no. Exactly. Dangling off a beaded chain off your off your hip. It's hanging at at thigh height. So when he's riding, it must just jab all over the place. Right. Yeah, but so yeah, exciting cover. Um, yeah, there's a uh, as we as we like to say, there's a there's a lot going on, and also especially the extremely dubious look on the young woman's face. It's just like oh, for here while we go. she is holding an unsheathed sword. Yeah, as well, you know, it's like when someone's committing harakiri. Ooh. Or seppuku, I believe I should call it. Harakiri is not the correct. No, they're two different forms of of the of the the same principle. Like it's uh, a, it's a, it's a ritual suicide whereby yeah. the 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 state of one's corpse it can be determined whether you perform the ritual correctly and thereby establish that through your sacrifice you have uh, retained honor. on behalf of your family. And the difference between seppuku and harakiri is whether the cut is up and in or uh, side to side and, oh. and guts come out. I mean that was the one way to go, and the other one the, the other version is when they really didn't trust the person involved, then we'd just give them a fake knife, and the moment he leaned forward to grab it up, the guy with the sword would still... Uh, and it would, would still consider it to be, like, proper form, you know? Uh, yeah, that seems like a like a diplomatic execution with, was, with but, benefits yeah. for the remaining family. Of course, the real skill came in the guy holding the sword, because the uh, idea was to, like, do a proper severing of the head. What a cool podcast this is becoming, by the way. I'm noticing <laughs> that there's a certain... I mean, is it maybe a function that we're, that we're stuck in the MMA octagon? Ooh, I, I hope not. And I did not bring any katanas. Actually, isn't that kind of what she's holding? The katana? No, I think it's just more like a rapier. Is that I mean, a rapier? I mean, it's got a cutting blade. 
Yeah, well, back in the day, rapiers were a little bit like, you know, it might be a saber. I mean, it does have nothing has a cross guard in a way, a katana doesn't. Also a pommel, which a katana also doesn't. Okay, welcome to Kaki and Kay. Talk about fantasy swords they can barely see on a, <laughs> on a book whose, whose cover has absolutely captivated them. So the book opens with uh, the introduction of these two, these two characters. On the, on the left, we have the, the person whom we know as the apprentice in this story named Fanny. Fanny, yes. And the, the other man on the cover is the old-time hero, as you can see by his grizzled face. Yeah. man known by the name of Samwise Gankai. <laughs> yes. Now, I thought it was peculiar that he was, that he was named so even before he lost his eye, but... Or maybe his dad also didn't have an eye, and it's like, you know, he was just named after his father. Yeah, he certainly... Maybe he inherited the Gankai from his father, certainly. It came from the Well, from no, the we, we learn later often. in the story that way, how he lost that eye, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, because these are these are apprentice and, and, and mentor. These are uh, adventurer and, and sidekick in the midst of an end-of-career ceremony. Right, yes. What we are seeing in, is basically the um, ceremony in which the dark hand of magic is being passed on from master to apprentice. Whoa, okay. This is one of those remarkable books where the title actually plays a role in the story. Do you know, have you noticed how out of 90 books that we've done, very rarely does the title actually matter for anything that well, happens in the Well, a lot the story, of times the, story, the title is a bit weird anyway, so... Yeah, right? Besides, we, we, we review books based on the cover, not on the title. Yes, true. But so, right. yes, The Dark Hand of Magic. Right, which is also known as The Gift That Keeps On Giving. <laughs> yes, that, that, is, that is what it's known as. And because it is passed on from master to student. <laughs> oh, yes. And also through the oral tradition, I well, understand, it, 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 it from, occur, yes. from time to time. Yeah, it's not the usual way of passing it on. No, the usual way is this uh, is this ritual of transference that they're that they're doing with the miniature skulls. And because yeah, it's a it's a, it's a passing of the torch, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, from from master to student. The torch being quite a literal thing here, because as you can see, the burning castle in the background. That's the. Uh, the, the plague burn. It's the castle that overviewing the uh, twin towns of Sodden and Gonorrhea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, and uh, things have gotten a little bit out of hand, out of the hand of magic there, and they've basically <laughs> used the torch to uh, set the castle on fire. To and cleanse, You can yeah. see the, the green flames burning off the plague, which has been uh, passing through the towns. Yeah, now this is this is quite radical medieval fantasy science because yeah, understood, understanding that pathogens propagate and can be can be cleansed through essentially destruction by creating a firewall and of course sacrifice being used to fuel fuel the ritual. That's we are right. burning the yeah. souls of the diseased, and uh, now this is like generating the power that is being channeled through the symbolic little skulls and candles, so that the um, the, the the hand of magic can be uh, passed on the dark hand of magic, I should say. Yes, the, uh, that certainly. How how Fanny the apprentice has uh, has come to think of it. I mean, she has long long wondered about about Samwise Gankai's extraordinary luck and 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 where it comes from. And he's and he's finally at this point confided in her that it's the it's the dark hand of magic, which now that his uh, that his career is finally complete and she has proven herself a worthy apprentice, he can now pass on to her through this weird ritual of uh, physical contact and sacrifice. So at this point, we flash back to how they first met. Mm. Yeah, we we we. Flash Flashback to the to the simple town of Runny Bottom, <laughs> sitting yeah an idyllic little town by a by a river. It's got a it's got a little school. Literacy is remarkably high for a for a medieval fantasy town. Yes, they've got a like unified currency. Yeah, what seems to be like running water, or at least no problems regarding that or sanitation. It's like the typical running water. Yes, sanitation not so much. Uh, it is r- called Runny Bottom. Right. Yeah. Runny, so I mean, run, running water down the, like the town's 
square and if you're like if your roof yeah. isn't thatched properly down the walls. <laughs> yes. But- so certain forms of sanitation are not really, really well advanced, but in the meantime they do have some pretty advanced like reproductive health science. Uh, they even have a, a little university dedicated to yeah, yeah. To reproductive health. And in fact, Fanny's mother who specializes in uh, uh, reproductive health for, for people with vaginas and particularly with wombs. That's her specialty. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two oh, often she's, go together, but... Well, she's a she's a she's a uterine expert. She's yeah. a, a, known as a history professor. <laughs> yes, and as we as we discover more about this idyllic little town, we realise that. The- Oh, sorry, well, just yeah, catching up with yes. history. There you go. Yes, uh, that this little town, like it's it's lacking some of the usual men folk. Like they're 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 not very they're not very well represented. They don't they yeah. don't partake. There's some of, boys there, almost all of them prepubescent. So. Yes, because this town is beset by a local succubus. Mm. Who who drains the, the the town of its of its menfolk? The young men who pass pubescence are unable to withstand the siren song and des- wander off. Yeah. yeah, despite the efforts of their sisters and mothers to to protect them. And so, yeah, you can understand why why in a town with so very very few men uh, and the men that do that do wander in are forever changed and and drained by the by the succubus's magic. There is a lot of call to improve the reproductive health of this town and assist with unmanned parenthood. It's, yes. It's a tricky science, that one. Well, I mean, how do we call it again over here? The, the, the bomb, the bomb mooder? The bo- the bo- oh, yes, the, 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 the un- yeah. intentionally unwed mothers. If we make that intentionally unwed damsels, then we get IUD, which is also a... Yeah, that would work. Yeah. So, no, yes, that's right. That's intentionally right. Un- yes, it's a town full of intentionally unwed damsels. That's- <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, yeah, Fanny's mother is an intentionally unwed dame, but, yeah, same Well, uh, same I mean, that's principle. like that you, you make the transition sooner or later. But they realize that their numbers are dwindling. I mean, she just has the one daughter and many many mothers or many women are daughterless. Mm. And so they, they, they save the town profits because it is flourishing for an entire year to hire the services of the greatest adventurer in the, in, in the lands, Samwise Gankai. Gankai. Yes. And he just struts into town with his dashing oh, moustache. Spectacular, yeah. Does, yeah. Does he have, yeah, he has a moustache. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he definitely has and a moustache. And his mullet. And his his famous uh, his sword, which has a sort of Spanish French name, I I, I yes. had, the, had the feeling like it was a it was a sword of, of of great renown. Maybe that it was you know maybe it was a little cheeky in in Spanish, like for what you know, like it's a like it's its own sort of uh, uh, catchphrase. Yeah. The pork sword, pork, yeah, porque, porque maybe. But the, <laughs> what is yeah, it for? It's, it's like it's a sword. It's yeah. for porque. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and he's and he's summoned to deal with the succubus and to help with the fertility problem of this town. And Mm. young Fanny cannot really concentrate on her studies with such an exotic individual in the town. I mean, a manfolk of that age. And while all the women in town are, are, are captivated by him, and, I mean, they, they appreciate that he that he goes around the town and he personally interviews everyone in a, in a, in a, in a one-on-one, a tete-a-tete. Ah, yes. To see just how the how the succubus infestation has, has affected them all. Has, and it seems a bit, you know, suspicious, but I, I kind mean, of figure what's going us, on. But yeah. Fanny is a Fanny is an is an innocent maiden. She's she's just an, like instead of studying her her histories, uh, uh, she's well, she's Never mind. she's she's fashioned a little 
No, she's fashioned a little a little modern pork mace, I mean, a sort of sort of meat club out yes. of uh, that she that she swings around that she practices with a lot. Practice makes perfect. So several months into the arrival of Samwise Gankai, we we flash forward to a, a rather mournful procession, the burial of Samwise's previous apprentice, right, a fine young man who was known as Captain Krusty, <laughs> but who did not uh, <laughs> yeah. manage to uh, resist the lure of the succubus. Uh, no, no, he has unfortunately lost his his fabled apprentice to the to the succubus. But in the plus column, some nine months into this campaign, a lot of women in the neighborhood are, are actually having babies again. Yeah, funny that. Like, I wonder how that like where that amount of time comes from. But mm. his fabled pork sword must have defeated the succubus, and his one on one interviews with all the uh, uh, the intentionally unwed damsels and dames <laughs> clearly <laughs> overcame the curse they were they were under. So little old Fanny Mews on out with uh, Samwise Gankai on a life of adventure. She apprentices yes. to her after uh, Krusty was uh, unfortunately buried and there's now an opening in the uh, in the ranks of apprentices-ness. <laughs> yes, apprentices-ness. The ranks yes. of apprentices-ness. That's right. That's a, uh, and, uh, Barbara Hamley, she had a real knack for neologisms. And old Gankai decides that he's going to take on Fanny and teach her the arts of the... Uh, Show her the ropes. Of the pork sword. The, the porqué sword, I suppose. <laughs> yes, that's right. Right, the pork sword. Uh, Samwise and Fanny set off for a life of adventuring. Yes. And uh, it moves ahead to a few years later when they are on a quest for the staff of power. Yes, yes, a, a mystical rod of, of known to be of just exquisite capacity. Right, it's also a little bit, you know, dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, handle with care. It but has a reputation of being a little bit infectious here and there. It's a font of many dangers. Uh, that and they are in some swamp. Dripping with power. Yeah, they are. And they are in some swamp of the other fighting poisonous beavers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awfully swampy. There. It is, it is very much so. Their leather was a bad choice when you go into a swamp. Oh, well, I don't know, I mean, like, Cows don't seem to soak and rot, and they're made out of leather. Yeah. We've been over this before. <laughs> they're not made out of leather. They have skin, which replenishes. They have, you know, cells still practicing mitosis. So maybe they were enjoying the swampy circumstances. Well, so they are fighting well the poisonous beavers on their quest for the temple, which holds the staff of power. Yes, it's like typical adventure story at this point, where they're beating their way down through the bush, coming in. Yes, uh, yes, until they until they get to the secret garden. Yes, where the t- where the staff of power is hidden. <laughs> yes, uh, there's a brief interlude where they have to deal with an infestation of crotch crickets. Uh, <laughs> Yes, that's, that's right. But uh, uh, he quickly uses a, a, a spell, the, some of the first examples of, of uh, magic that he's shown young uh, young Fanny and uh-huh. hands her his uh, his porca sword. And she says, are, are you going to approach him? Uh, approach these crotch crickets entirely unarmed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he sort of dries his hand and, he's, and, he, and, he, and he puts his hands wide apart and he brings them together in a massive noise called the clap. Yes. <laughs> And that takes care of that. That's uh, a very good uh, way to deal with the crotch crickets. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then he douses both himself and Fanny. Fanny. He's brought his own sort of sort of semi-mystical alchemical ward, and he douses them both in runic lice, mm-hmm. which which yeah. keeps away the crotch crickets. Yeah, it works. So yes, back to back in the temple of the staff of power, they have to f- f- finish the largest beaver they've seen so far. And in, in this scene is where he actually loses his eye. It's like when he he gets a squirt in the eye from one of the poisonous beavers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it was while he was trying to stuff it. He wanted one yeah. stuffed beaver, and it was uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the, the the goop got in his eye, and uh, that uh, that's basically what cost him his eye. But quick acting by Fanny with her let's call it a rapier or saber, whatever we. Uh, 
quick tackling by Fanny yeah. managed to like take care of the lost poisonous beaver, thereby saving not his eye but at least the life of her uh, her master. Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, uh, well, he's not tremendously grateful to her. He's, he he does that thing where he where he compliments someone on saving them by saying, "Ah, yes, you did exactly as I as I trained you, and yes, you uh, saved yeah. me the effort of having to cut my own eye out to stem the infection right. from reaching my brain." Oh, it's, it's like I mean, it's, I guess it's more like a bit, a bit like a poisonous cobra when you get spat in the eye and then it kind of like burns out whatever it is. Yeah, that's a horrible idea. Yeah. So it was at this point that I was starting to think that maybe, like what we see on the cover, how how tightly she's clutching the hilt of of that sword, that maybe some of the shine has has rubbed off the apple, mm. and she's not as entranced with him as uh, as she as she was when she ran away with him. Uh, certainly, when we get to the, the next scene, where uh, a, a priest named Chlamydius hires. Yes. Well, it's a, yeah, they have no. fancy names, you know. Yeah. Hires Samwise and Fanny to acquire a treasure, a mystical treasure that has been lost for, for, for many centuries, and hiring these renowned adventurers to venture into the local labyrinth that contains this treasure, specifically the, the fallopian maze. Ah, yes, it's very convoluted. It's very and- convoluted, yes, exactly. Like, it's, it, it, and it, it's very narrow as well, and that's sort of, sort of when they're way through little, there. Weird, weird little pulsing sensations going through the walls. Uh, Soon enough, they find themselves completely, completely lost. But, hey, Fanny's from Running Bottom, and she's a bit of a history buff. So she recognizes uh, some of the location here from her, from her history books. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's completely, completely lost. But it's thanks to Fanny that he's able to find the little man in the boat in yeah. the middle of the... <laughs> So it's so difficult to find. Isn't it is he? weird. Like you know, I mean, like guys like they like to go out fishing. So you yeah. know, you never know where the little man in the boat is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd be completely hopeless. He'd never. I mean, he'd heard about this treasure from for 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 many many years. Oh, never was yeah, able to the find it. Opian maze. It'd be over there. Yeah, the little man in the boat helps him find the treasure, the sacred walnut. Uh, yeah, the sacred walnut, which is like let put a little bit of pressure on it and it'll release its. Uh, Yes, it's it's absolutely magical, and you can understand why a, why a priest would would want to know all about the sacred walnut, especially how to find them. Yeah, exactly. So now that the secret is revealed and the heroes return triumphant, crashing back into into Chlamydia's temple uh, on the tides of the Red Sea. <laughs> Um, That's always uh, yes. I don't know where that suddenly came from, but I guess it must have been that time of the month. I, I've got to say, I was I was very upset with Samwise because that's what he says to to, to Fanny when she's upset with him yeah. for taking credit for her successful navigation. Like yes. this was this was her win. It but he was won't let her have it. He's, no, he's, he's like I'm the adventurer. It goes to me. It's like the it's the boss taking credit from what's going exactly. on. Exactly, and he just accuses her that it's her time of the month, and that's that's why she's uh, why she's grumpy. And I can sort of understand why at the at the the end of that that scene, we see her in the in the tavern with a with a local group of balladeers, mm-hmm. uh, a, a minstrel band of really sort of tough, spiky-haired maidens called Punani Riot. Yes, and and gives them some inspiration to write their protest ballads. Yes, that's the scene in the in the Slow Bone Inn, isn't it? <laughs> yes, the Slow Bone Inn, which is the the principal inn of a town called Brewers Droop. That's the one. They have excellent, yeah, oh, such great whiskey there, don't they? It's it's like I mean Brewers is beer mostly then. Yes, that, I mean that's the that's the innkeeper that uh, Richard and he's famous for the whiskey that he brews. He's he's whiskey dick. That, that one went right over my head, but yeah, this is where the main fragilin of the book shows up. <coughs> the first one was fake. 
The first that was a fake spit take, and then the rest was completely real. <laughs> oh, Ooh, that's gonna burn. <laughs> uh, okay, a man by the name of Buster Cherry. Oh yeah, what a what a vigilan. Fanny has uh, rather it's a bit disgruntled at this point. Uh, yeah, very he's, disgruntled he's heard Fanny of the that protest we have here. Hymns, uh, and and source them back to Fanny. He goes in like, oh, I mean, you're not getting the respect that you deserve under uh, Samwise. Now, I could, I was, I was convinced that he was going to be her new, her new mentor because it sounds like he has a much better handle on the situation. I than- mean, he was certainly trying to get get her to basically jump ship and uh, move over to his uh, organization. Or At the very least, become, he's got both eyes open. He tries to uh, convince her to come to him and get a bit, a little bit more respect rather than just be underneath uh, Samwise. Yes, a little uh, bit more reciprocation yeah, than she's currently getting. Because Samwise, it's like, you know, he's like, he, I mean, he has the gift that keeps on giving, but it's not really... Yeah, and certainly now that he's, uh, he's found his walnut, he's really not interested in uh, interrogating the little man in the boat with Fanny any longer. And she's like, no, we can learn so much from the little man in the boat. He's like, no, I, I just want my walnut. Like, like you said, it, for a long time, it looks like she's going to jump ship. Because uh, Buster Cherry very accurately describes Samwise's conduct as uncivilized behavior. Yes, very much so. It's a good thing this is audio and we can't like actually look in the book and see what it's... <laughs> yes, uh, because then if anybody read History Professor, they would be very upset with young Kaki. <laughs> It's, it's an interesting scene where he tells her a little bit about his own dealings with crotch crickets that he's had in the past. But she turns him down and she decides to stick with, with Samwise. Yeah, at once I thought incredibly foolish and, you know, noble and, and loyal, you know, qualities that we really admire in people. It kind of goes on like this for a while and it loops back to the beginning. That's right. Yes, we find ourselves back in, in Runny Bottom. Yes. Which Fanny has not seen in, in many, many years. And she's surprised that it is still beset by a succubus. Specifically, like, the, the, the succubus has now taken charge as Queen Hepatitia. <laughs> and, and they've been hired once again to do this same job that was the, the job that he was supposed to do and, and get mean, on. he the- did. I mean, he got discharged for it. Like, he was improved. <laughs> Yes. But he did not, it turns out, defeat the the, the succubus at all. Even the the noble sacrifice of Captain Crunch, his previous apprentice. Uh, So, like, her disillusionment knows no bounds, and yet she still sticks with uh, with that loyalty. So when she's got her eye on the prize. She wants the gift that keeps on giving. Now that she knows... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the font of all of his power. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, the hand of dark magic, but, you know... The dark hand of magic, the dark, that's the sorry, one. Yes, the dark hand of magic. That's, so. Yeah, no, that's the one. I remember, I read the book too. <laughs> so when he says, oh, Fanny, 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 I know how to deal with these succubi, but it's going to take a, it's going to take a, a feat of pretty significant athleticism. And my old bones, I'm just too old to do this anymore. So we worked this out. My last apprentice and I worked this out last time, and we know we know what to do. So he takes her up to the, the, the bluffs overlooking Fanny... Uh, runny bottom and he says okay what you need to do in order to defeat the succubus you need to dive down here she goes oh well and then what do i do at the bottom well it'll be it'll be obvious like it's mostly about that it's mostly about you just got to do some bluff diving just dive off the bluff get good at bluff diving and then uh, she gears up and in in perfect form she she executes a perfect bluff dive like it's like she's been bluff diving all of her life I mean, honestly, I expected her to just die because it seemed like he was sacrificing her. It was a very big bluff to dive down from. But she lands in a, in a giant pile of 
apprentice bones. Ooh. Like it's a it's a boneyard full of skulls of other young people who have served under Samwise Gangai or his predecessors. Yeah, uh, she talks to the the the, the local succubus. She she has an audience with Queen Hepatitia, who's who's impressed with her with her bluff diving skills and, mm-hmm. and learns that heroes like Samwise Gangai have been coming here sacrificing their apprentices for the longest time. For the longest time, but Fanny undaunted refuses to follow the same fate and fortunately there are enough apprentice bones here that she can build a comfortable sort of Eiffel Tower yes. out of it you know she, she, she high fives Queen it, Hepatitia it need, you always need at least two for an Eiffel Tower yes yeah. exactly well two uh, two on either side three. and one well, in the yes, middle three. yeah yeah of course yeah uh, until she's able to ring the devil's doorbell, no. and and Queen Hepatitia decides to, in gratitude, elevate her back up the bluff and vacate the premises. But even as Fanny returns to Runny Bottom with the grand news that Queen Hepatitia has fled the land, she sees already that Samwise is taking credit for the accomplishment. Yes, he has done once again, like taken the uh, accomplishments of his apprentice and like claimed them for himself. And uh, pronounced that uh, Runny Bottom is now once again free of the uh, succubus's influences. Thanks to him, Samwise Gankai. Yes. Now we we've, we found out that this whole process of the bluff diving and the negotiation with Queen Hepatitia actually actually took a while. So by the time that she returns, yeah, a lot of the town is pregnant once again, and the dark hand of magic has manifested itself throughout the yes. throughout the town. I mean, the gift that keeps on giving has That's been definitely spread over to the neighboring towns of uh, Sodom and Gonorrhea. Uh, uh, yes, and even the castle overlooking the valley, which is be captained by Commander Chodweiser, <laughs> has fallen to the plague. <laughs> he is the dean of unmanned parenthood. That's the one. And uh, yes, the the, the torch has to be passed uh, through the town. And yep. everything has to be raised to the ground, I suppose. And and that's where we find ourselves come full full circle once again. This hero to whom she's apprenticed and whose, whose power she is now about to receive, uh, who has probably, you know, who has returned fertility to her town and whom she saved from the, the poisonous beavers and who took the credit for her various accomplishments. Now is- going to finally pass the power on that she's been craving all this time. Yeah, she's standing there with her sword in hand, and now that you, we finally realize the importance of the scene at the beginning, yeah. where she's just like starting, starting to think, okay, here it comes, here comes the power, here, here comes the power, have I got it, have I got it, what am I going to do, I'm going to like kick him in the back, am I going to kiss him, it's, or am I going to stab him? It's, yes, she is still holding a torch, even while the rest is being torched out, like yeah. she's still playing like fuck, marry, kill in her mind. Yeah, and she's like... Is there a fantasy version of fuck, marry, kill that we can do? Can oh, we can uh, bed, wet behead. That's the one. <laughs> I am lucky that I didn't have a little libation there to have another one of my fantastic uh, first faked and then totally genuine spit take choke sessions. And I get that's where the book kind of like leaves. We we leave the scene where she's trying to make up her mind. I thought it was. Sp- oh, I thought it was such a book tease. I, I love it. Love it. It's, like, it. it's it's fantastic. On the one hand, I hope there'll be a sequel that I that I get to find out because I, I I need the release from this curiosity. But on the other hand, like a book tease is. I mean, that can be kind of fun. It's yeah, like, that can be because the the, the author really makes a, a, a good point for. Each of the options. Oh yes, and 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 that's why uh, sometime in the future, perhaps we'll get around to the sequel, also written by by Barbara Hambly, "Bed Dead Redemption." Ooh, yes, that, those are the three sounds, options. That sounds like a fantastic book. I would love to read that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. 
<laughs> so I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good book. I particularly enjoyed oh the, the mythology, you know, the, the gift that keeps on giving, ah, the, yes. the the staff of power, and even the the poisonous beavers. Like a rollicking fantasy adventure story is, is only as good as the rewards and the dangers that the heroes have right. to have to but face. But I also but I also love the world building, the uh, you know the history professor and the the, the lore around uh, Runny Bottom. And there was a little twist in there with the with with the bones of the apprentices that we had never. I, I never saw that coming. It's like that that completely blindsided me, uh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Boning usually does. Ah, uh, well, it does keep <laughs> one's mind distracted, I suppose. I wonder if there was any premonition to that in the Slow Bone Inn, if we, if we read it again, if we ever oh, end up reading it that, again. That's, I, I rarely reread books. I don't know about you. So how are we going to rate this book? Oh, that's going to be a difficult one. This is a rare one where there's absolutely nothing. Thing. Something with antibiotics? Uh, yeah. Would you consider this book more probiotic or more... Or antibiotic. <laughs> that still doesn't help us. I'm definitely leaning towards the probiotic kind. Okay, okay, yeah, so it's as if... On a scale of 1 to 10 from antibiotic to probiotic, where would you rate, rate it? <laughs> yeah. Where would I rate it? I, I mean, give it a, a, a solid, like, 8.5. 8.5 out of 10. A generous 8.5, which in reality, when you measure, is probably only 5. But we say, like, 8.5 to it, 9 it, on a good day. It, it depends on whether you're not using the American system or the rest of the world. And whether you measure along the top or whether you measure from the base. There are SI-established rules for measure for this kind of measurement. Really? I'm pretty sure there is. Me- really? Well. In the, in the système international, in, the, in no. the actual sort of scientific... Me- me- horizontal from uh, along the top, basically, yeah. Oh, horizontal. So, you, so in you some get, case, you, you actually have to dip it down. Yeah, and okay, then you yeah. And you kind of like, do, and then like push the ruler against the base and then right to the straight line to the tip. So you don't follow any, any curves. Right, right. Just well, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you know, it's. Uh, but I mean, that's a that's a that's a good way to be objective, and I think in this case it would, it would probably be. I'm not sure how around. we got there from probiotic antibiotic, but I don't you know, it's, I, don't know. <laughs> I think I agree. It's like it'll definitely get a good uh, eight and a half out of me. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. Uh, uh, and for the readers at home, <laughs> if the review of this book left you with a with a solid woo, eight and a half, that seems like that seems like a lot to handle. Uh, oh God, I'm going faint just thinking of. Oh, the sort of blood's draining out of my brain. Well, that's because it's going to the other head. That's right. Uh, uh, and and if, you, if you enjoyed this, you can look down at your podcasting device. You can, oh God, I'm going to say it. You can finger the little star on your... <laughs> or, or even four or five of them. That's right. That's right. Yes, four or five fingers and explore your sacred walnut goddess. <laughs> Yeah, I think we definitely re- earned our X-ray or E-reading. I'm going to listen back and see if we ever swore. Because this, in fact, may be our second non-explicit wow episode. But yes, if you if you enjoyed it, please do leave a rating. Or especially, just get in touch with us at Cover My Ass Cast at Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can also send us any, any baffling books if you think that we should uh, review, but not read uh, them and judge them only by the cover. You can get in touch with us at Cover My Ass Cast at gmail.com but in the meantime what do we have in store for our readers next week next week's book is by Melissa Bank the worst thing a suburban girl could imagine oh that about covers it thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly my name is Kaki and I'm Kay and remember we, we only, only judge a book by its cover, cover. Wow. I think covering things more would have solved a lot of problems in this book <laughs> 
Uh, a, lot of, a lot of mysteries were between the covers still. I mean, like, at least we wrapped it up, although nobody in the book did. No, no, I noticed that exactly. I had trouble, like, figuring out the ending of this book because some of the pages were stuck together. Well, maybe there was a little accident with the glue in the uh, bookbinding facilities. 